Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Helen Tupper. And I'm Sarah Ellis. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we come together to talk about a different topic and discuss some practical ideas and actions to help you find your way through your squiggly world of work. And this week, we're going to be talking about how to be a meaningful mentor. So we've covered before how to find a mentor, but actually there's not very much out there generally in terms of research or things that you can read, watch or listen to on how to be a really great mentor, how to do mentoring that makes a really positive difference. So a good topic to talk about, I think, and perhaps one that we'll come back to in the future. Just some mentoring myths that we thought might be useful to start with. And the first thing we wanted to say is that everyone can be a mentor. Often we mistake mentors for having to be somebody who is more senior. Perhaps we think, well, I couldn't be a mentor because what would someone learn from me? And I think it's starting with the assumption that I think we've got something to learn from everyone. Everyone has something that they're great at. Everyone has something to offer. And so I'm really confident, certainly, that everyone listens to this podcast. You can all be amazing mentors. So this is not about, oh, this is not for me because I'm not at a certain level yet. The other thing that's really interesting related to that is that when you do read about mentoring, there is much more demand than there is supply. So there are more people who want mentors than there are people mentoring. You know, it's one of those things that comes up quite a lot. People say, oh, yeah, I'd really like a mentor. I think that'd be really helpful. So don't be afraid to volunteer to say that's something that I'm really happy to do if anyone would benefit from that. And as a mentor, your job is not to know all of the answers. So I do wonder whether you might be a bit fearful of this. You might think, I would like to be a mentor. That sounds like something I'd like to do. I can see how that would be helpful. And I'm really happy to volunteer. But what happens if someone asks me a question and I don't know the answer or I haven't got experience in that area? Your job here is not to be the go-to guru on everything. It's to offer some advice, to ask some good questions, to listen to someone, but don't stop yourself through a kind of fear of, you know, one of those confidence gremlins coming to the surface, like a fear of not being smart enough or not knowing enough. No wonders. (laughs) One of my first times that I can consciously remember mentoring, I used to work for Capital One and that was probably about 13, 14 years ago. And I volunteered to be a mentor for Prince's Trust. It was something that I really wanted to do and it was something that I could do like you know, on top of my day job. 
But I remember having so much self-doubt. So I was mentoring these people that had had some funding with the Princess Trust to start their business. And I'd never started a business. And I was like, can I help? I really want to help them, but can I help <laughs> them? And I had quite a lot of self-doubt, but I, I did it quite a few times during the time that I was supporting the Princess Trust in that way. And what I realized was sometimes it was just listening or a few mm. ideas or a bit of perspective. It was very rarely the answer. I never had the answers. I wasn't doing what they were doing. But also you can be a mentor. You don't have to have done exactly what someone wants to do being a helpful mentor can mean lots of different things but yeah don't let a lack of belief hold you back from being a great mentor and also this brings on to a couple of other points about mentoring that we think are really important firstly you might be one of many mentors that somebody has and so if you think about the people that Helen just described starting their own business of course it makes sense for those people to have other people who've started their own business but somebody like Helen at that time would have offered a different point of view and a different perspective so you can mentor one-to-one I think it's a really good thing to always encourage your mentees to have more than one mentor you can also do things like group mentoring um, peer-to-peer mentoring as a group of people, you might get together and think, well, we're all going to mentor each other. We're all going to help each other. And that can also be a way of getting confident and comfortable with the idea of mentoring, perhaps if it is new to you. And then the last thing, and I think some people might disagree with me on this, or or certainly um, one of the TED Talks that I watched did disagree with me on this. I think you can be a really meaningful mentor over the short term, perhaps even as short as one conversation because I have had some really meaning mentoring conversations that have been a one-hit wonder, I suppose. Is I a good totally way to agree. Those conversations where that advice, it's the right advice at the right mm. time and it just helps you with whatever you're going through at that moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I disagree with someone who would say that one conversation is not a meaningful mentoring conversation. And yeah, at the other end of the spectrum, I've also got some very meaningful mentors who have been mentors for a long time. So I can see that mix. But again, I don't think... You should limit yourself as a mentor to thinking, well, I couldn't do this because I can't commit to, you know, a monthly conversation of 90 minutes. I sometimes or a think, lifelong commitment. Yeah, <laughs> and that can feel really daunting and really overwhelming yeah. in terms of, you know, the expectations then you place on yourself. And I think we've got to let that go and just go, oh, maybe I could just be helpful for half an hour. And that <laughs> that's really meaningful. And I really love this quote from Clay Christensen, who was a professor at Harvard, someone whose work actually I've read a lot about, amazing professor who did lots of work on disruptive innovation and did lots of incredible work on mentoring. And he said, the only metrics that will truly matter to my life are the individuals whom I've been able to help one by one to become better people. So we've got some ideas for actions to help you to be in maybe an even more meaningful mentor than you might be already. But there are a few basics, almost like some sort of foundations that we think are just quite useful as you're starting out maybe on a new mentoring relationship with someone just to think about, have I got these kind of fundamentals in place? The first one is about making sure that the mentee knows that the conversations will be confidential. And if for whatever reason they're not, also let them know that. Sarah and I were chatting and you said that from your own personal experience, this was quite an important basic to have in place. Yeah, I think I have been on the receiving end of thinking conversations are confidential when they haven't been. And it's probably something that I would have assumed. And also, you know, that's an assumption that I didn't kind of say out loud. But I think as a mentor, let your mentees know, are they in a, you know, a kind of very safe environment, which is just fully about them. And really, the conversation is just the conversation that happens today, that's never going to go any further. But sometimes there might be mentoring conversations where 
it's not quite as confidential, maybe especially if you're doing it as a group or there's a kind of a few of you, especially I think if they're in your organisation, I think just be super clear either way, because if it's not confidential, I think it's really important to let that mentee know. The other thing that's important in terms of these basics is agree the ways of working between you and the mentee. So is this a one-off 30 minutes chat? Are you going to meet a couple of times over the next few months? It's I think having that clarity and a shared sense of expectation from the outset can really mean that you get the most from the conversations that you're having. And then the third thing around basics is really for you to think about how are you going to be most helpful? So, for example, if it's useful for you as a mentor to know what the mentee wants to talk about in advance of the conversation, then let them know that. Say to them, one of the ways that I'll be able to help you most is if 48 hours before we talk, if you could just drop me a voice message or a quick email with some of the topics that you want to talk about, then ask them that. This is your time and you want to make sure that it's as impactful as possible. And if there are certain things that the mentee could do that could enable that, then just be clear with them from the outset. So you've got the basics in place. Let's assume we've all done that brilliantly. Though often they're things that are really easy to forget, I think. Yeah, very true. Um, We're now going to talk about more specific ideas for action that we think would just help you to be a really brilliant mentor. The first one is about how you get to know your mentee. Now, sometimes you might mentor somebody because you already know them really well, but often you don't. Perhaps you've been connected through two different people. Perhaps you're even part of a mentoring scheme or program where you're almost speed matched or speed dated together. And so how can you understand somebody quite quickly? Because I think the better you understand someone, the more you can help them and and work out how you can be most helpful. And particularly, I think if you imagine how a mentee feels when they are coming to that first conversation together, and yeah, we can all imagine this because we've all been hopefully mentors and mentees. It can be really nerve wracking. You're not sure where to start. And perhaps some of these questions, kind of getting to know you questions, are even things that you could suggest that your mentee has a think about before the first conversation. Back to Helen's point about, yes, you might ask somebody, well, what's most, think about before our conversation, what's most useful for us to talk about today? But you could also just, if you're having more of a speculative, explorative chemistry conversation, questions like, what are you most proud of? What's the biggest challenge you've overcome? Who's really supported you in your career so far and how? Those quite broad questions where people can pick and choose what they want to share and what they feel comfortable sharing. Certainly if this was me as a mentee, I'd always appreciate these questions beforehand because I'd like to think about things. Other people, (laughs) perhaps, you know, on the spot would be great at answering these. But I think, you know, some of those getting to know you questions can be really helpful. The other thing that I've come across recently is this 4H structure that is really helpful to introduce yourself. And I really like the idea of using these four H's together. So if you knew about this again beforehand, I'm somebody who would always want to know beforehand that you were going to cover these four H's, you come prepared to your first conversation going, okay, we're going to spend 10 minutes each sharing our four H's. And I'd always say, I think probably the mentee should go first here. It's about them. It's kind of not about you, but there's something nice about reciprocating and doing the same thing in that conversation. And those four H's are history, heartbreaks, hopes, and heroes. And the idea, this is stolen from American, I think it's American football, baseball. They kind of used it in a few different sports teams. They actually got all of the players to go round and do this, but you do it quite quickly, only five, six minutes. And obviously you can edit for yourself. You can choose whether to share a big story on history, one sentence on heartbreaks, 
three hopes in bullet points and one hero. But I think it's a quite a revealing way of getting to just understand people as well outside of their jobs, outside of their work, more about who they are, I guess, than what they do. I really like it. And just to be clear, heartbreaks is not like personal situations where my heart has been broken, right? It's those moments in my career where it might not have gone the way I wanted to. Well, I guess in what we're describing today probably feels more appropriate. I think actually in the way that it was used for this American football team, it did mean heartbreaks. Oh, um, did it really? Yeah, yeah. No, because I think it was that was very much about, you know, like we really want to bond as a team and really get to know people. But I think also this is the point about you choose what you want to share. That's why I like it, because I think as a heartbreak, you could choose to share something a bit more personal or you could choose to share. Actually, it was a bit heartbreaking when a project that I've been working on for years and legal counseling. You know, that's that's quite a different thing. So, you know, I think it's you can let people interpret it how they like to and how they feel most comfortable with, I guess. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Honestly, when you say them, I'm like, oh, what was my history? What am I? I know. It's one of those, yeah, they are. I I really like those questions that when someone says them, they just your brain wanders. It's probably not productive (laughs) for me do my next point on the podcast, but it's a very interesting (laughs) question. So the next point um, in the context of being a meaningful mentor is to really make sure you are prioritizing the way that you offer advice over giving answers. So it is likely that you've been approached to be a mentor because your mentee feels like maybe they've got something in common from you and definitely they've got something that they can learn from you. Maybe you've had a shared experience or like you know their context in a way that's helpful to them. As a mentor, it's not like being a coach. So a coach's job is, you know, to unlock someone's thinking. So ask lots of open questions. Whereas a mentor, you are sharing things that you know. There is a little bit more telling in that discussion than there would be if you were kind of in a coaching relationship with that person. But really what we want you to share is advice and ideas and perspectives. So you might say, when I was in this situation, these are some of the things that have helped me. These are some of the things that I learned. These are some of the challenges that I had. And that would be different to saying, I've been where you have been and this is what I think you should do. Mm. Speak to this person, apply for this role, go and do this course. One of them is helping someone to think and giving them options that they could take away, reflect on and take ownership for. And the other approach is assuming that exactly what worked for you is going to work for that person. And you're going to kind of limit their opportunity to learn and take ownership when you take a more kind of answers based approach. Yeah. And just listening to you there, I wonder whether when we've got a real coaching approach, we're thinking about questioning and listening whereas where I think maybe when we're in mentoring mode it's about sharing and listening and it's distinct and obviously you still want to ask good questions as a mentor and as a coach you still might do some sharing but I think it is a slightly different type of relationship and I think you are a mentor because people do want to hear your point of view and your perspective but I think offering people a range of advice options ideas and just going oh, which one of those feels like it might work for you? Or do any of those feel particularly interesting? Which one of the things I've just talked about, would it be helpful for me to talk to you about more or describe more? Mm. And letting your mentee lead that conversation in a way that works for them. I think when I've done a bad job of mentoring, you're so keen to help that when you see a solution, you get quite quickly into if you do x y and z and then I almost get people into like action planning and it and it becomes too task orientated I think those conversations mm. whereas I, st- I think you want people to kind of go 
okay, well, that's interesting. I'm almost serving you kind of a platter of options here. <laughs> and it's like, well, you choose. You take those things that are helpful. But you also want to encourage people to go, okay, well, that just doesn't feel right for me. or that, And that's okay. And that doesn't feel like that's not something I would try out. Just because it works for you doesn't mean it will work for someone else. And I think you've also got to be careful that you're not kind of going, there is a formula here. There's a formula for success. And I can guarantee that this is going to work because that's never the case. I remember some like mental relationships I've had where they've been really prescriptive. I think they've sort of badged it as advice, but it's felt more like a prescriptive solution for what I should do. And actually it's made me think, oh no, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it like that. And it's actually like turned me off from the relationship because I've thought I don't quite know how to respond to that. That's just not the thing that I would do, but they haven't given me the ability to respond like that because they've just been so prescriptive in Helen this is what you should do I've been in that situation like go you know take this approach and it's like okay maybe this isn't the right mentor match for me when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And so our next idea for action, I think, is as much about what you do outside of the conversation as to what you do in the conversation. And it's about connecting the dots. So I think as a mentor, one of the things that you can really offer to people that you're mentoring is connecting with other people, places, opportunities that could be interesting for them. And that can be as simple as a one line email that just says, I saw this and thought of you. You know, I thought this could be relevant because you've heard someone talk about their challenge. Let's say they want more gravitas in meetings. You see a great article or a podcast or something about gravitas and you just do that one step. You take that one action to kind of send it their way. And that shows that you're thinking about them or being generous very specifically with your contacts to that point about we don't really want people to have only one mentor. You might listen to someone and think, I can give you a point of view on this challenge But actually, I think there's probably someone who'd be even more useful or who could just provide a different point of view, especially if you feel confident that that person would probably give up a bit of their time or share a bit of their advice. Again, making those introductions and those connections is also how you can be really valuable. So I think 
yes, think about how you can have a really good quality mentoring conversation, but also think about how you can connect the dots outside of the conversation. When people have done that for me in my career, it has been so helpful. It's almost that thing of those people can spot opportunities that you can't spot and see for yourself. And they just know people that you would never get the chance to talk to otherwise. And I've always been so grateful and so appreciative of that. You know, and some of those things lead to really significant points in your career. So if you can do that for people, like it's just so valuable. I think as well, in listening to you talk about those things, that's almost like when a mentor can also become a bit of a sponsor. Mm, yeah, so when right. they spot the opportunities and connect them. And um, because I think sponsoring and getting you know, a sponsor is a specific thing in itself, we also have an episode coming up on sponsorship. So that might be, it's not out yet, everybody, and I'm not intentionally teasing you, uh, but we, <laughs> as part of our Ask the Expert series, we spoke to Sylvia and Hewlett. She has just a book about, you know, don't get a mentor, get a sponsor or something, but she talks about why it's good to have both. And I think that could be a good like listen after this one could be that one it's out in a few weeks but kind of wait for that one and it might help you as well <laughs> I feel like you're doing like a you know proper not like Netflix teaser no I know it's not intentional <laughs> because we're never intentional about the we're never like we're, we're never smart or sophisticated enough to be intentional but I do, I do like the fact you at least gave it a go <laughs> It's coming soon <laughs> coming soon to the squiggly <laughs> careers podcast it's only because our ask the expert interviews we have to really plan those so we can get people's time whereas normally sarah and i are like right what is on people's mind right now and we can talk about <laughs> next week so we are responsive uh, but we have to be very planned with our guest speakers <laughs> anyway it's coming up another thing that's really important so after you've maybe gone and connected some dots in the conversation itself i think one of the things that can happen when someone comes to a mentor conversation is that conversation can go in lots of different directions there'd be lots going on lots of thinking and and maybe as you share your wisdom that might take the direction in different conversations and one of the things that you can be really helpful as a mentor is bringing a sense of clarity to that conversation so giving someone the space to follow their own thought processes and ask you whatever questions they want to but also kind of play back what you've heard one of the things that I've heard you saying a lot of our conversation has focused on promotions and then you might say you know what else have you thought about or were you aware of kind of how much you're talking about that just being that almost like a little mirror to the conversation and summarizing okay so these are three things that you've talked about do you need any help with any of that after the conversation just being that person who can bring the clarity to the conversation is really helpful and that's why you know when Sarah talked earlier about mentors don't need to have all of the answers they absolutely don't because sometimes the questions that you ask that conversational mirroring or summarizing that you do can have a huge amount of value as well and it's not about having the answers it's just about playing that role in the conversation for somebody I don't think you want people to leave a mentoring conversation feeling vague or uncertain as you know I always think it's a good question to ask yourself how do you want people to feel after a mentoring conversation with you and I think you want people to feel energized and optimistic and perhaps that they've either got a bit unstuck or maybe if their career is feeling a bit knotty right now you know you've helped to undo some of those knots you have to solve everything and clearly not in one conversation but I think just by really listening hard and the way that I do this if it helps is a really practical thing is as I'm listening to somebody I always do a bit of a mind map of kind of things that I'm hearing themes that I'm hearing and then I star each time I hear someone say the same thing maybe I keep hearing something about confidence and not having enough confidence in meetings. I'll just start it again and start it again. So that then when I'm summarizing, because it's a hard skill that takes practice, 
I've got a visual cue and reminder of going, okay, well, if I look at the three stars on my mind map, okay, so we've got a challenge around confidence. We've talked about this. We've talked about that. And also if there's something that someone's mentioned that they then skip over, but I think might be important, that's also the point I bring that up. So I actually did a mentoring conversation with someone recently where then sort of halfway through, they were talking actually about career change and career transition, but then they mentioned being an introvert and how they felt that that held them back and it had got in their way, but they moved on really quickly. So I just made a note because I thought, okay, well, that's probably not the focus for today, but that does feel like something interesting and I don't want to ignore that. Again, I just asked at the end of the conversation said, oh, and I did hear you mention being an introvert feels like a challenge for you. I'm really happy to come back to that in a future conversation if that would be useful for you. And again, you're asking that other person to go, you decide, but that was something you heard. So I think summarising is so valuable. Our next idea for action is actually about reverse mentoring. You know, mentors will say, well, I learn as much from my mentee as I think they do from me, or perhaps I feel like I learn even more from my mentee. And we should all remember that, which is why we should all feel confident about asking for mentors. But I think there's always the opportunity, if you think your mentee could help you, ask them that can a give them a really good confidence boost it shows that we've got something to learn from everyone and actually it can be just a way of really building that relationship this actually happened to me last week yeah, tell no, me more. well no one labels you don't need to label these things do you reverse mentoring but somebody who has definitely been a mentor to me actually got in touch and said oh i just really like to run something by you sarah have you got a spare like half an hour and i just felt like my job in that conversation was to listen offer my on-the-spot observations, a bit of perspective, and a few ideas, actually. By the end, it was like a few specific ideas based on some experiences I've had and some networks that I'm part of. And I really enjoyed that, and hopefully he found it helpful too. And I think that's a good example of as you build these relationships, you don't always need to feel like, oh, I must stay in the role of mentor the whole time. You know, it's absolutely fine to have that flow between sometimes feeling like maybe you're being mentored and even having the vulnerability and bravery to ask for that when you need it. And our final idea to help you be an even more meaningful mentor is to give your mentees the option to opt out. <laughs> I feel like that's, it's a really strange advice, isn't it? If you want to be a more meaningful mentor, give chance for people to not be mentored by you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> the reason for this is... There's no kind of strict rules on how long a mentoring relationship needs to continue for. And sometimes they can go on for longer than they need to. And they almost like fizzle out. Like I've done these sometimes where I've been the mentee and I have been going to a mentor who I have had some useful conversations with and I've kind of learned what I needed to know. But maybe because of the expectations weren't clear up front, back to that point about kind of the brilliant basics, I haven't had an easy way to conclude the mentoring relationship. And so it's just sort of become a little bit less frequent and they almost fizzle out. And that's not a confident and constructive way of concluding what could have been a really brilliant relationship. So as a mentor, what you can do is make it much easier easier for a mentoring relationship to conclude or to continue and you can create the trust and the safety so that the mentee can make that decision one way that you can do that is by when you're coming to the end of your conversation you know it's likely that you've talked quite a lot they've probably heard quite a lot of different advice from you maybe say to them do you want to reflect on what we just talked about and let me know if it would be helpful for us to have another conversation you know, in a couple of weeks or a month or so, depending on you know what felt right 
depending on the thing you were talking about. But give them that option. They don't even have to decide then and there. I wouldn't put someone onto the spot and say, no. would you like to talk again? Because they're going to default to yes, no, probably. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Um, no, this has been awful. <laughs> don't do that. But just say to them, look, why don't you reflect on the conversation today? Come back to me and let me know whether you'd like to you know, leave it there for now so that you can put some of this into action or whether you'd like to continue the conversation. I will leave it with you. Don't worry about when you come back to me, but just let me know. And then give them that option to opt out. I was actually mentoring someone recently and I did this with them. And they basically said, this has been really, really helpful. Thank you so much for your help. I respect and recognize that you're busy and you've given me loads to think on. And they actually were really clean, really confident. And I really appreciated it. And I was like, okay, yeah, great. that's really helpful and the door is still open at any point that that person wants to get back in touch with me but what we don't have is a recurring meeting in the diary where that person's having to think about what they need to ask me and I'm having to think about how actually am I valuably helping that person so if you are the mentor just make it easy for someone to opt in or to opt out so just to summarize our ideas for action for you one work out how are you going to create an opportunity to get to know each other So whether that's the questions that you asked beforehand using something like the 4H structure, I usually think giving people a bit of notice about that is helpful. Idea for action two is just thinking about offering advice and options rather than answers, still getting people to really kind of own what's going to be most useful for them. Idea for action three was about connecting the dots, perhaps particularly outside of the conversations. That's a way that you can be really valuable for people. Number four was about summarising, so letting the conversation go in all the different directions that it needs to, but then kind of just bringing some clarity at the end for people so they go away feeling kind of energised and optimistic and able to take action. Number five was about reverse mentoring. Don't be afraid to ask your mentee for help too. And number six was about giving people the option to opt out. So thank you so much for listening today. We hope that you have got some things in here that you can maybe experiment with and you can put into practice. Do let us know. We love to kind of hear from you. You can give us a bit of sort of reverse mentoring for us. Let us know. (laughs) Let us know what you've done and what's been helpful. You can just email us. It's just Helen and Sarah at squigglycareers.com or get in touch with us on Instagram at amazingif if that is easier for you. And before we go, just to let you know, our next Ask the Experts episode is next week. And that is me interviewing Kim Scott and Tria Bryant all about feedback. So some of you might know Kim Scott from her work on Radical Candor. And actually, I really enjoyed the opportunity to just discuss with them both how we can create these environments of feedback and improvement, what their experiences have been, what works well, and where they still see that there's kind of really big challenges, which is why they've continued to build on the Radical Candor work. And they are both great, like real experts, worked in loads of different kinds of organisations. So loads of insights to share with all of our listeners. So I'm pretty confident that's going to be a useful episode for us all. I can't wait. Mm. I love Kim Scott's work and on Radical Candor. I think it was so clear and concise. I remember when I was at Microsoft listening to the audiobook which she narrates and just being like, wow, I want to be a bit more like Kim Scott. So I am looking <laughs> forward to looking forward to listening to that one. But thank you, everyone. We'll be back with you very soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye for now. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 